to Even Darker. I'm so glad you're here. Having always been fascinated by fairy tales, mythical creatures, mythology, folk tales, and legends, I wanted to create a podcast about these exact stories. In each episode, Chris Gordon, Jay Stinnett, or Damian Drake will tell us a story. Then I, Regina Drake, will review the points of the story I found most interesting, shocking, or downright unforgivable. Allow me to show you the origins of things even darker. Take heed, these are in the original early content, not the Big Mouse versions. No shade on him, but this is not for the young. For our 16th episode, we will be taking a deep dive into The Three Little Pigs. This comes from the nursery rhymes of England, and this version is from 1886. And now for our story. There was an old sow with three little pigs. As she had not enough to keep them, she sent them off to seek their fortune. The first that went off met with a man with a bundle of straw and said to him, Please, man, give me some straw to build a house. Which the man did, and the little pig built a house with it. Presently came along a wolf and knocked at the door and said, Little pig, little pig, let me in. To which the pig answered, No, 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 not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. The wolf then answered them that, Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed, and he puffed, and he blew his house in, and ate up the little pig. The second little pig met with a man of sticks, and said, Please, man, give me those sticks to build a house, which the man did, and the pig built his house. Then along came a wolf and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, 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 not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff. And I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. So he huffed, and he puffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, and at last he blew the house down, and he ate up the little pig. The third little pig met with a man with a load of bricks and said, But please, man, give me those bricks to build a house with. So the man gave him the bricks, and he built his house with them. So the wolf came, as he did the other little pigs, and said, Little pig, little pig, let me come in. No, 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 not by the hair of my chinny-chin-chin. Then I'll huff, and I'll puff, and I'll blow your house in. Well, he huffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, and he puffed, and he puffed, and he huffed, but he could not get the house down. When he found that he could not, with all his huffing and puffing, blow the house down, he said, little pig. I know where there is a nice field of turnips. Oh, in Mr. Smith's field, if you were ready tomorrow morning, I will call for you and we will go together to get some for dinner. Very well, said the little pig. I will be ready. What time do you mean to go? Oh, six o'clock. 
Well, the little pig got up at five and got the turnips before the wolf came, which he did around six, and who said, Little pig, are you ready? The little pig said, Ready? I've been and come back again and have a nice potful for dinner. The wolf felt very angry at this, but thought that he would be able to outwit the pig somehow or other and said, Little pig, I know where there is a nice apple tree. Where? said the pig. Down at Mary's garden, replied the wolf. And if you will not deceive me, I will come for you at five o'clock tomorrow and get some apples. Well, the little pig bustled up the next morning at four o'clock and went off to the apples, hoping to get back before the wolf came. But he had further to go and had to climb a big tree, so that just that as he was coming down from it, he saw the wolf coming, which, as you may suppose, frightened him very much. When the wolf came up, he said, Little pig, what are you doing here before me? Are they nice apples? Yes, yes, yes said the little pig, I will throw you down one. And he threw it so far that while the wolf was gone to pick it up, the little pig jumped down and ran home. The next day the wolf came again and said to the little pig, Little pig, there is a fair at Sri Lankan this afternoon. Will you go? Oh yes, said the pig, I will go. What time shall you be ready? At three, said the wolf. So the little pig went off before the time as usual and got to the fair and bought a butter churn, which he was going home with when he saw the wolf coming. Then he could not tell what to do. So he got into the churn to hide and by so doing turned it around and rolled down the hill with the pig in it, which frightened the wolf so much that he ran home without going to the fair. When he went to the pig's house and told him how frightened he had been by a great round thing which came down the hill past him, then the little pig said, Ha! Uh, I frightened you. Then I had to be to the fair and bought a butter churn, and when I saw you I got into it and rolled down the hill. Then the wolf was very angry indeed and declared that he would eat up the little pig and that he would get down the chimney after him. When the little pig saw what he was about, he hung on the pot full of water and made up a blazing fire just as the wolf was coming down took off the cover and in fell the wolf so the little pig put on the cover again in an instant boiled him up ate him for supper and lived happily ever after this version comes in at number two out of the top 20 i love the cheek of the last little pig starting out earlier and being clever enough to climb inside the butter churn this version reinforces that pigs are smart. I've always been told that, but I thought them rather smug from all the other stories I was told as a child. My research states that printed versions date back to the 1840s, though I didn't find them. I was really disappointed about that. But the story is thought to be even older than the 1840s. The version that Damien just read us is probably the best known by Joseph Jacobs. He gives credit to a James Hallwell Phillips. I almost included Uncle Remus from Myths and Legends of the Old Plantation with Brer Wolf, 
But the story was too long, and we just couldn't do it justice on our podcast. In Uncle Remus's version, the wolf was burned down to a cracklin. My husband, Damien, loves cracklins on his soup. He still speaks about them fondly from his trip to New Orleans. Also in Uncle Remus's story, the last line being, and that was the last of old Br'er Wolf. At least it was the last of that Br'er Wolf. Which leaves me with the feeling that you can cut down one foe, but there will always be another. There is also the story of the tiny pig, which has seven pigs hunted by a fox. I was surprised by how many pig stories were from England and America, with only one from Italy, the three goslings, which almost made the cut, but there again, it was just too long. Give it a goog, because it's really quite funny and very good. But wait, there's more. There is a tragic story which has been current amongst at least three generations of my own family regarding a lot of little pigs who had a wise mother who told them that they were to build their houses and how so as to avoid the fox. Some of the little pigs would not follow their mother's counsel and built their houses of leaves and the fox got in and said, I will gallop and trample and I will knock down your house. And he ate the foolish little proud pig. But the youngest was a wise little pig and after many adventures, she put an end to the wicked fox when she was almost vanquished, bidding him to look into the cauldron to see if dinner was ready and then tilting him in head foremost. I wanted to include the summary version. It was first published in 1860 in the J.F. Campbell's Popular Tales of the West Highlands. I didn't find a title, only mentions of the pig story. I love the regarding a lot of little pigs and the fox saying, I will gallop and I'll trample and I'll knock down your house. As promised, now for even darker. Another singular story is told on Dartmoor. There was once a fox who, prowling by night in search of prey, came unexpectedly on a colony of pixie. Each pixie had a separate house. The first he came to was a wooden house. Let me in, let me in, said the fox. I won't, was the pixie's answer. Upon this, the fox climbed to the top of the house and having pawed it down, made a meal of the unfortunate pixie. The next house was a stone house. Let me in, said the fox. Answered the pixie. Again was the house pulled down and its inmate eaten. The third was an iron house. The fox again craved admittance and was again refused. But I bring you good news, said the fox. 
No, no. Replied the pixie. I know what you want. You shall not come in here tonight. That house the fox in vain attempted to destroy. It was too strong for him and he went away in despair. But he returned the next night and exerted all his fox-like qualities in hopes of deceiving the pixie. For some time he tried in vain until at last he mentioned a tempting field of turnips in the neighborhood to which he offered to conduct his intended victim. They agreed to meet the next morning at four o'clock. But the pixie outwitted the fox, for he found his way to the field and returned laden with turnips long before the fox was astir. The fox was greatly vexed and was long unable to devise another scheme until he bethought himself of a great fair about to be held a short way off and proposed to the pixie that they should set off for it at three in the morning. The pixie agreed, but the fox was again outwitted, for he was only up in time to meet the pixie returning home with his fairings, a clock, a crock, and a frying pan. The pixie, who saw the fox coming, got into the crock and rolled himself down the hill, and the fox, unable to find him, abandoned the scent and went his way. The fox returned the next morning and, finding the door open, went in. When he caught the pixie in bed, he put him into the box and locked him in. Said the pixie. And I will tell you a wonderful secret. Ooh, secret. The fox was, after a time, persuaded to lift the cover, and the pixie, coming out, threw such a charm upon him that he was compelled to enter the box in his turn, and there he died. I really enjoyed this version from England, and it comes from the Green Fairy Book, dated 1892. It is said that the Three Pigs story was rewritten for the expectations of Victorian England. This version has received criticisms for the pixies not being very pixie in their behavior. Let me explain. It is because the creature waited till the very end of the story to use magic. I mean, why would anyone? wait to use magic if you could do it. It has been put forward that Pixie is close to Pig. The moral of the three little pigs is that hard work pays off in the end. Obviously didn't know about corporate America back then. The first two pigs are lazy, building their houses easily, preferring to play around but the far-sightedness of the third saves the day. Except, of course, in the version where the pigs get eaten. Priorities are important. And now for our weekly installment of Pinocchio. Chapter 12 The next day, Fire Eater called Pinocchio aside and asked him, What's your father's name? Geppetto. And what is his trade? He's a woodcarver. Does he earn much? He earns so much that he never has a penny in his pockets. Just think that in order to buy me an ABC book for school, he had to sell the only coat he owned, a coat so full of darns and patches that it was a pity. Poor fellow, my... 
feel sorry for him. Here, take these five gold pieces, go, give them to him with my kindest regards. Pinocchio, as may well be imagined, thanked him a thousand times. He kissed each marionette in return, even the officers, and beside himself with joy, he set out on his homeward journey. He had barely gotten half a mile when he met a lame fox and a blind cat walking together like two good friends. The lame fox leaned on the cat, and the blind cat let the fox lead him along. Good morning, Pinocchio, said the fox, greeting him courteously. How do you know my name? asked the marionette. I know your father well. Where have you seen him? I saw him yesterday, standing at the door of his house. And what was he doing? He was in his shirt sleeves, trembling with cold. Poor father. But after today, God willing, he will suffer no longer. Why? Because I have become a rich man. You? A rich man, said the fox. And he began to laugh out loud. The cat was laughing also, but tried to hide it by stroking his long whiskers. There's nothing to laugh at, cried Pinocchio angrily. I am very sorry to make your mouth water, but these, as you know, are five new gold pieces. And he pulled out the gold pieces which Fire Eater had given him. At the cheerful tinkle of the gold, the fox unconsciously held out his paw that was supposed to be lame, and the cat opened his uh, two eyes like they looked like live coals. He closed them again quickly so that Pinocchio did not notice. And may I ask, inquired the fox, what are you going to do with all that money? First of all, answered the marionette, I want to buy a fine new coat for my father a coat of gold and silver with diamond buttons, and after that I'll buy an ABC book for myself. For yourself? For myself, I, I want to go to school and study hard. Look at me, said the fox. For the silly reason of wanting to study, I lost a paw. Look at me, said the cat. For some foolish reasons, I've lost the sight of both eyes. At the same moment, a blackbird perched on the fence along the road, calling out in a sharp, clear voice, Pinocchio, do not listen to bad advice. If you do, you will be sorry. Poor little blackbird, if he'd only kept his words to himself, in the twinkling of an eye, the cat leapt on him and ate him, feathers and all. After eating the poor bird, he cleaned his whiskers, closed his eyes, and became blind once more. Poor blackbird, said Pinocchio to the cat. Why did you kill him? I killed him to teach him a lesson. He talks too much. Next time he'll keep his words to himself. By this time, the three companions had walked a long distance. Suddenly, the fox stopped in his tracks and turned to the marionette and said to him, Do you want to double your gold pieces? What do you mean? Do you want a hundred, a thousand, two thousand gold pieces for your miserable five? Yes, but how? The way is easy. Instead of returning home, come with us, and we will. When where will you take me? To the city of the simple Simons. Pinocchio thought a while, and then said firmly, "No, I don't want to go. Home is near, and I'm going where my father is waiting for me. How unhappy he must be that I have not yet returned. I have been a bad son, and the talking cricket was right when he said." 
that a disobedient boy cannot be happy in this world. I have learned this at my own expense. Even last night at the theater, when the fire reader... And the shivers run up and down my back at the mere thought of it. Well then, said the fox, if you really want to go home, go ahead, but you'll be sorry. You'll be sorry, repeated the cat. Think well, Pinocchio. You're turning your back on Dame Fortune. On Dame Fortune, repeated the cat. Tomorrow, your five gold pieces will be worth two thousand. Two thousand, repeated the cat. But how could they possibly become so many, asked Pinocchio wonderingly. I'll explain, said the fox. You must know that just outside the city of Simple Simons, there is a blessed field called the Field of Wonders. In this field, you dig a hole, and in the hole, you bury a gold piece. After covering it up with earth, you water it well, sprinkle a little salt on it, and go to bed. During the night, the gold pieces sprout, grows, blossoms, and the next morning you find a beautiful tree that is loaded with gold pieces. So that if I bury my five gold pieces, cried Pinocchio with growing wonder, next morning I should find how many? It's very simple to figure out, answered the fox. Why, you can give it on your fingers. Granted that each piece gives you 500. Multiply 500 by 5. Next morning you'll have 2,500 new sparkling gold pieces. Fine, fine, cried Pinocchio, dancing about with joy. And as soon as I have them, I'll keep 2,000 for myself and another 500 I'll give to you two. A gift for us, cried the fox, pretending to be insulted. Why, of course not. Of course not, repeated the cat. We do not work for gain, answered the fox. We only work to enrich others. To enrich others, repeated the cat. What good people, thought Pinocchio to himself, and forgetting his father, the new coat, the ABC book, and all his good resolutions, he said to the fox and to the cat, Let us go. I'm with you. It hurt to see Pinocchio set up to have his gold taken. The cat and the fox, they are grifters, rat bastards. And anyone who tries to intervene and help is killed very quickly in these stories. I'm, of course, referring to the cricket. I still think of him as Jiminy Cricket. And now the bird. Oh. And the city of Simple Simons? Come on. <laughs> uh, what will happen next week? Tune in and find out what happens in Chapter 13. Hope you enjoyed this episode of Even Darker. Please give us a follow and a review. I appreciate your time and your feedback. Leave a voice message if you are so inclined. I want to thank two of my favorite men on this planet, Damien and Jay, for being our storytellers. Chris is taking a break for career demands, but we hope he'll return soon. Even Darker is made with Anchor and can be found on Spotify, Apple, and Google podcast platforms.